Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not in Jesus name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. You know, it's really interesting how so-called self-proclaimed atheists spend their whole lives trying to disprove or fight against something they say actually does not exist. But what's behind atheism? What's really behind it? When you're dealing with an atheist, what are you dealing with? Let me tell you straight up what you're dealing with. You're dealing with a dishonest, moral coward who is trying to deny the obvious in order to escape personal responsibility to a maker who is the holy God of the universe and the judge of every eternal soul. In fact, he says, all souls are mine, Ezekiel 18.4. And why is that? Well, by reason of creation, all that is made is made by God Almighty and specifically Jesus Christ. And therefore, he owns everything and everybody and everyone, every human being, will give personal account to the Son of God when they die. In fact, the Bible says, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, the atheists spend so much time and energy, as I said, fighting a God they claim does not exist. I mean, it's like a fish in a fishbowl picture this that says there's no such thing as water you know the water is sustaining him and sustaining his life and yet he's going to deny that it even exists that's what the atheist is like he's drowning in the blessings of god and breathing in god's air that's on loan to him and breathing it in with the very body that he gave life to that is the existence of these same people who are denying that he exists but i would agree with one author who has a book titled god does not believe in atheists. He doesn't. There's no such thing. We're going to look at two or three clear proofs that God exists as if that wasn't already more than obvious. Again, the wisdom, quote unquote, of the atheist or atheism while drowning in creation is denying that there's a creator. It's kind of like walking into a house and there's a painting on the wall. What does that immediately tell you? It tells you immediately that if there's a painting, there has to be a painter. Nobody would deny that, not even the atheist. But when we walk into a house and see a painting, we're not accountable to the painter. So nobody spends their time denying the obvious that there is a painter. But these guys spend their whole lives. They read books by demonic antichrist who are really just boils down to moral cowards who refuse to own up to 
to and admit that they're sinners in need of forgiveness from their maker. That's really at the root of all of this. And so you should know that. Let me just say, you don't owe anybody anything further to try to prove that God exists. So I would encourage you not to think, I'm talking to all my born-again believing brothers and sisters, not to think that you need to go ahead and try to prove that there's a God. God already told us, and we're going to talk about those proofs out of Romans 1 in just a second here. God already made it clear that he exists to everybody. They all know it. They're without excuse because he's made it known in their own conscience. So the fool, the Bible says, has said in his heart, there is no God. So again, what you're dealing with is a moral coward fool, according to scripture. That's Psalm 14, verse 1. The fool, who? The fool. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. So anybody who's saying that there is no God is a fool, according to the divine authority of holy scripture. So how do we know that there is a God? What are the proofs that God exists that we all, whether you claim to be a Christian or an atheist, what are these proofs that are all upon us and that we're all drowning in? Number one, creation. The heavens, that is creation, declare the glory of God. They reveal that there is a God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. I mean, do you really think all of these things happen by accident? If that wasn't so stupid, it would be absolutely laughable. Romans chapter 1 verse 20, because that which may be known of God that he exists is manifest in them. It's manifest in them, that is, including those who deny that there is a God. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Creation is clearly seen by the eyes that he gave us to see them with. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, earth, that is, the earth, elements, etc., the heavens, the clouds, the stars, the planets planets, etc. And then it continues, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Atheists are without excuse. Now, I want to say this. Listen, don't argue with an atheist. Give them the law, the Ten Commandments. One at a time, ask them, have they ever lied? Even once, thou shalt not bear false witness, the law says. Ask them if they've ever stolen anything ever. Even one time, thou shalt not steal. You've got to go direct past the interference, if you will, the outer shell, no matter who you're dealing with in evangelism, and straight to the conscience, beloved saints. And the only way you're going to do that is to ask them if they've broken the commandments and go through the commandments with them. Call them to repent and believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins. We've got, uh, if you go to the evangelism category on safeguardyoursoul.com or just put in 10 commandments evangelism, you're going to find some great podcasts and material biblical scripture on this topic that's going to explode your success in evangelism and my personal testimony on how I used to minister the word and the gospel of people. But once I started, according to 1 Timothy chapter 1, using the law for the ungodly, which is who it belongs to and to be used with, the righteous are no longer under the law, but the lost are. And so you give them the law 
you know, one man of God, might have been John Wesley, said that first and foremost, he preaches 95% law and only 5% grace. You've got to get people, you got to let the law convict them of their need for Jesus, their separation from him, their state of being alienated from God in their sin in order to for them to welcome the forgiveness and the redemption of Christ. The law is a schoolmaster that brings us to Christ. Use the law to bring folks to Christ. I've seen it happen ever since I started employing this New Testament biblical truth. The law of the Lord, also the Old Testament, is perfect converting the sinner. Hallelujah. Psalm, I believe it's chapter 19, verse 7, making wise the simple. So number one proof that God exists is creation. We're all drowning in it. We all know it. And we all know in us, in our conscience, that's another one of the three actually truths or things that clearly proves that they're absolutely is a God. Number two, conscience. Number one, creation. Number two, conscience. Because that which may be known of God, as we read in Romans 1, 19, this is all in Romans 1, saints. You can start in verse 16. Romans 1, 19, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. Hello. See, God creates every human being and codes them with the truth and the reality that they have a maker, that he exists. For God has showed it unto them. Think about that. It's in them, quote unquote, and then quote, God has showed it unto them. Is there truly such a thing as an atheist? No, no such thing as an atheist. Attention, atheist. Here's the fact. There's not one stitch of evidence in all the museums in the whole world to prove evolution. Not one stitch, not one stitch, none of it. It's all been disproven as being fraud. See, what they don't realize is they're being played by the enemy of all souls who was kicked out of heaven for trying to usurp the authority of God. Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, Luke 10, 18, Jesus told us what happened. He said Satan was thrust down from heaven. Luke 10, 18, for rebellion. When sin was found in his heart, God ejected him from eternal glory. The last time I have to make this point, sin was found in heaven. It was kicked out. You know, you got a lot of Christian people that have been born again, but they're living in sin. They're not abiding in Christ and are not cleansing themselves from all that defiles them in his holy eyes. And they still think they're going to heaven. I got news for you, biblical gospel news. He's going to say, depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Matthew 25, I believe it is, verse 40. Also, chapter 25, 1 through 13 of book of Matthew. Matthew, Jesus said he's going to shut the door on those that were once his and espoused, engaged to him. They had gotten saved, but they did not remain, abide in him to the end. And therefore, they were shut out of the eternal bridal chamber with the great bridegroom, Jesus Christ. Let me just say it once again, folks. Once saved, always saved. Eternal security, preservation, or perseverance of the saints is an absolute diabolical lie. You must endure to the end to be saved after you're genuinely saved or you are going to the lake of fire. And it's going to be worse with you than if you have never believed on Christ and been saved in the first place, according to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20 through 22. So fact number one, going back to atheism, there's not one stitch of evidence, it's a fact, in all the museums in the whole world that prove evolution. Not one. It's a theory. It may be interesting for you to know that Charles Darwin was not the first to theorize, it's a mere theory of evolution. 
solution. It's a proofless myth, actually. But he's not the only or the first one to theorize a link between man and animals through the process of evolution. In fact, thousands of years before Darwin was even born, Hindus, Buddhists, and Taoists taught evolution. The theory of evolution is not scientific, people. It is absolutely religious. Everyone is religious. God put it in us. But some people have based their religious beliefs on lies. In fact, Charles Darwin in 1872 said this. He said, quote, to suppose that the eye could have been formed by natural selection seems, I freely confess, absurd in the highest possible degree. You see, the devil, as you follow his counterfeits, frauds, and antichrists like Charles Darwin, will make a fool out of you and send you straight to a devil's hell to burn with every other rebel who dies in sin instead of allowing the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave his life to pay the full price for our sins, to wash them all away. Uh, there's so many things to say here on this topic. Uh, we've got a atheism evolution category on safeguardyoursoul.com. It's full of a wealth, a cache of incredible posts on this topic. The Bible says it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. We're all going to stand in judgment before the Almighty, whether we denied him or repented and received him and walked with him while on earth. You know, it's interesting that atheists will say, the Bible was written by a man, and then they'll say, but I blindly believe in the origin of species written by Charles Darwin. And who was Charles Darwin other than a pervert? All men who aren't saved are perverts. They pervert the truth of God. And Charles Darwin, in the end, in 1872, said he freely confesses that it's absolutely, to the highest possible degree, absurd to believe that natural selection caused there to be the creation of the human eye. Let me just let you in on another little fact here, folks. Human beings don't even begin. By the way, science is merely the study of what God alone created, because no one else has ever created anything. So science is just kind of looking blindly from the outside in. And science hasn't even got a literal iota of a clue about the human eye alone, just the eye and how everything in the body and all the things in the solar system work. That all just kind of happened, right? It all started with primordial soup. And isn't it interesting? Let me ask you a question. If it all started with the primordial soup, where did that primordial soup come from? Listen, the first law of science is that something cannot come out of nothing. Recently in a New York Times article, there was a human footprint found, and there's a picture of it, a colored picture of it, clearly a human footprint, two of them or more actually in the picture. These are ancient footprints, supposedly 23,000 years ago, and they were found in New Mexico. I guess they had stepped in wet mud, and then over the years, this had all just kind of been petrified or turned into stone. But notice this is supposedly over 23,000 years ago. Okay, the history we have from Adam till now is 6,000 years. Uh, some believe that there was possibly a creation before that, a people on the earth that God had made and judged because of their rebellion. I don't know, but let's say this is only 6,000 years, whatever. This is a human footprint. It looks like one species, human. By the way, if humans came from apes, where is the proof of an intermediary species? There is none. Zero. Why are there still apes if we came from 
mapes. Again, these lies will make an utter fool out of you. Anybody that's believing all this stuff is, bottom line, they're just an immoral, moral coward. They don't want to face the truth because they don't want to admit that they're going to stand in judgment before their holy maker. That's all this is right here. It's, just, it's a very thin veneer of a sham, folks. A little bit more on Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin created the theory of evolution. He was also, most people don't know it, a high-level Freemason, meaning he quietly worshipped Lucifer, that Satan, is the god, the higher power of the Masonic Lodge. And so we should conclude that the theory of evolution was created by a high-level Satanist, a high-level Satanist. That's what Charles Darwin was. Also, I can't help but share this definition of so-called atheism that someone put together, and I believe you'll observe the truth of it. Atheism is the belief that there was nothing, and nothing happened to nothing, and then nothing magically exploded for no reason, creating everything, and then a bunch of everything magically rearranged itself for no reason whatsoever into self-replicating bits, which then turned into dinosaurs. Now, doesn't that make perfect sense? So, notice this supposedly 23,000-year-old footprint. No matter how old it is, it's a human footprint. It's probably at least thousands of years old for sure. But wait, according to the delusion of evolution, shouldn't this look more like an ape or a half of an ape footprint? By the way, if man came from apes again, why are there still apes? So, why is there a human footprint thousands of years old. How could there be? This should have been either an ape or something in between an ape and a human being if evolution were true. And the delusion is just that, a delusion. So we know by creation and by conscience and by the word of the gospel that there is a God and that we're all accountable personally to him and that we've all sinned against God and are fully guilty and separated from him in our sin. But he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. My friend, if you're on Safeguard Your Soul, I want to point you to the Peace with God page. should be at the top at the menu, Peace with God. And I want you to go through that. It's not very long. And find out how we've all sinned against God, come short of the glory of God, and that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, and that he's ready to save you. He said he will in no wise, in no case, cast out anyone who comes to him. In fact, Jesus has come unto me all all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I can tell you from experience that the shame, the guilt, the burden of sin is going to destroy you. It's heavy. And the moment Jesus saved this wretched, wicked man that is speaking to you right now, I immediately known that I'd been lied to all my life. In my case, it was religion lying to me because all of a sudden it felt like a 150 pound stone of shame and guilt and misery was removed and I was free. And that's a miracle that only God can do and God wants to do in your life, friend. He said that he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So if you'll come before God and you'll admit to him that what he already knows, and it's very obvious, you are a sinner and you violated his holy law 
and you're 100% guilty and ask him to forgive you with a contrite heart of sincerity and for Christ to come into your life and take over and declare him, Jesus Christ, who died, was buried and raised again for your sins and your justification. Uh, Declare him as the new Lord of your life. The Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. One thing's for sure, there is a God and you're not him and he loves you. So much so that while you and I were yet sinners, Christ came and died for the ungodly and God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. He hath made him, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, to be sin or a sin sacrifice, the one and only sin sacrifice for us who knew no sin. See, this is the just dying for the unjust. He was forsaken that you might be forgiven. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 and 21. Jesus was made sin for us who knew no sin. He was the only sinless person ever walked the earth, all God and all men. He hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible tells us also that Jesus tasted death for every man in order to bring us back to God. First Peter 3.18, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. I want to encourage you today, my friend, to get before the Lord in repentance, put your faith in Christ and be saved, be washed of all your sins like he did to me those years ago and changed my life forever. It's not about religion, by the way. It's about relationship. Please don't go find a church. Just find other believers and follow Jesus according to his word, the King James Bible. Email me if you like. I'm here for you. This is Todd, safeguardyoursoul.com. Again, the Peace With God page on safeguardyoursoul.com will help guide you right into the arms of the Lord Jesus Christ by way of his own word. God bless you, my friends. Thank you for listening. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and you're prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.